0: Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses
1: with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com.
0: Applications are now open for the Canadian Export Challenge. CXC 2020, presented in partnership with UPS, the Trade Commissioner Service, and Export Development Canada, along with MasterCard and Scotiabank, and powered by Google Canada, is the first nationwide fully digital pitch competition for Canadian exporters. This year, the Canadian Export Challenge will be accepting all first-round pitches through online video submissions. Don't miss your chance to pitch for up to $25,000 cash and up to $100,000 in support. What are you waiting for? Submit your pitch video now. The free events are open to attend for all Canadian entrepreneurs and anyone interested in learning more about the Canadian export ecosystem. Register at startupcan.ca forward slash CXC. listening to the Thrive podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Thrive podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization, and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, Executive Director at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Katie Boothby-Kung on our show today. From nine to five, Katie is a senior manager of social impact at Shopify. By working closely with social impact businesses around the world, she's able to build educational tools and provide platform support to launch and grow a successful social enterprise. Prior to Shopify, Katie worked for the prime minister and other federal ministers in policy and communications. Outside of work, Katie is the founder of Copper Root Collective, an eco-conscious bath and skincare company based in Ottawa with 100% of the profits from Copper Root Collective going directly to water projects in Zambia. On the weekends, Katie can be found hiking with her puppy or playing board games with her hubby. Welcome to the show, Katie.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: No problem. So this topic is of particular interest to me uh, and really excited about diving into, um, you know, Shopify and how they are providing um, support for social impact entrepreneurs. Uh, but before we dive into to all of the questions that I have for you today, what is the one thing that you want our audience to take out of our chat today?
1: I would love it for your audience to go back knowing that there is no such thing as a 100% sustainable business. They just mm. don't exist. So if you're in the spot in your business where you're looking to pivot um, to have more social impact or maybe you're looking to launch your social enterprise um, from the beginning, uh, but you don't have everything all figured out. um, You're not 100 percent neutral uh, and maybe some of your packaging is in plastic. um, That's okay um, because at the end of the day, done is better than perfect. Um, Mm -hmm. Doing one thing is are better than doing nothing at all and not launching or not pivoting. Um, so I just want you to know that um, you will never be perfect. <laughs> and that's okay. Um, but also kind of owning that imperfection as well. Um, when you're talking to your audience, you know, understanding where you can do better and making plans to get better. Um, that's always always being that vulnerable with your audience, um, I think, really resonates with people, especially now that, Buyers are becoming a lot more savvier, um, and so just recognizing the good you're doing and then the better that you need to do, um, I think will play really nicely into your full impact story.
0: Mm, that's great, Katie. Thanks for that. So when we think of your your career and your entrepreneurial journey, in addition to your um, you know passion for social impact, walk us through that. What has made you so interested in this space and um, you know provided this this landing pad at Shopify?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I was. Only first introduced to social entrepreneurship in my last year of university at Carleton University, Um, I was taking a capstone um, and we had the privilege of being taught by this woman who worked for years uh, in Africa, working for a number of social enterprises. Um, And to me, before that, um, commerce and social good kind of existed separately from one another. But taking this course, I was able to realize that the two of them can exist together, um, which is so amazing. And so it was actually in this capstone class that the business plan for what is Copperroot Collective was developed. Um, so that was really neat. Um, and then coming to Shopify, I mean, I when I first started at Shopify, I worked as an executive advisor uh, for the SVP of data science and engineering. And so that was just a wonderful opportunity to really dive deep into the business um, and understand kind of all the inner workings of Shopify to really uh, get a full picture. Um, And then, I slowly moved on to the community team, which last year uh, became the social impact team, which was amazing because my my boss Brady and I had been talking about this uh, even in my past role about how Shopify can be such a vehicle for good um, and marrying these two worlds of commerce and social impact could have such a profound impact <laughs> on the world um, and the merchants that we serve. And so I'm so proud to Um, Not only work on this team, uh, work with our incredible merchants that are already doing really, really great work in their communities um, and around the world, Um, but also it's kind of fun to tell people that I get to work in a place that I went to school for. I know not a lot of people uh, get to say something like that, but it's so neat that it's kind of come full circle. I mean, I had a a stint in the middle where, as you said, I worked in politics and that was an incredible experience, but it's been really nice to work in the private sector and really understand, you know, the vehicle that is commerce and how it can really drive change. Mm.
0: That's yeah I, I love that. And when we look at the top resources that social entrepreneurs need to be made aware of, particularly women entrepreneurs, um, you know what are the tools, the educational platforms that um, you provide through um, your social impact work with businesses around the world? what are the key resources that you can share with our audience today?
1: Wow well, there is a lot out there. I mean um, mm-hmm. Shopify and otherwise. Um, So starting with Shopify, I mean, there's there's so much in terms of uh, free resources um, available for anyone, whether you're on the Shopify platform or not to access um, things like Compass, Um, And then we also recently built a community forum that's specific for social entrepreneurs who are looking um, for help and resources and um, a way to access the network that is our merchants that are in this space, um, because they're all kind of gathering here in this one community forum. So it's a chance for you, uh, you know, now that we're kind of moving more towards digital that you can reach out to this network and you can access merchants that are living in different countries and, and different communities and working on something maybe that's similar to what you are. Um, so that's re- has been really, really helpful. And we've seen that grow over the past few months. Um, and then for social uh, enterprises that are looking to have a bit more of an opportunity to network, uh, we're launching uh, vir- our first virtual meetup. So for those of you who are familiar with our shop class, Sessions that we used to host in our offices—it's going to be a little bit similar, but it's going to be specifically for social entrepreneurs. So, we're super uh, keen to launch that with one of our one of our app partners um, as our first meetup uh, at the beginning of July. So, I would be more than happy to share all that information with you, uh, so that you can share with all your listeners because I think that's a really great way for for people to just have human contact. I think that's something that we're missing mm-hmm. <laughs> behind our computers. It's kind of nice to, you know, be in the trenches with people <laughs> who are dealing with some of the same business, uh, business challenges there. Um, but then in terms of, uh, groups that, um, I've encountered, especially, particularly that serve women, um, in my work uh, in social impact, so one of them uh, we partnered with CEO mm-hmm. this year.
0: We love CEO. <laughs> oh my gosh,
1: so do we. Um, <laughs> the, it was I was just blown away, and I'm sure that I've heard there's been a couple of your podcast guests who are part of the community. You bet. So They can sing their praises, but I will sing their praises some more. I was just blown away by the community. Um, you know, being in a room full of uh, these female identified participants who are just so supportive and willing to go above and beyond and support a fellow GEO member was something I've never actually witnessed before. Um, I mean, one person could say I can't pay my rent on my shop this month and someone would stand up and just write a check. Mm-hmm. And it was like that power mm-hmm. of, of trust and community. And and this idea of like building women with women, um, yeah. it was just amazing. And, again, they all these businesses are working towards the sustainable development goals or what they call the world's to-do list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, just being there, um, part of that community, that was amazing. And so by ac- I would definitely recommend your listeners to look into that community, um, see what resources they have available. And if they have the opportunity to join, I would definitely say do it, mm-hmm. um, especially as a social entrepreneur, because there are, you're not just meeting with like minded business women, you're dealing with like minded social business women. And I think that that's really powerful.
0: Yeah, and that nuance yeah. in particular. Oh yeah. And so, as you look, you mentioned that you know uh, shifting to digital programming, similar to what was formerly offered in shop class, um, but bringing these these points of connection and these areas where where people can come together digitally. Um, that's obviously a move um, that has shifted during COVID nineteen. Um, have you seen uh, you know trends in social entrepreneurship that you're seeing sort of evolve because of the pandemic? Um, what are you seeing in terms of pivots of the social entrepreneurship space um, with the community that you're serving at the moment?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, you said it, moving digital, getting online. I think that that has been probably the biggest trend across all industries, not just with social enterprises. Um, And just that shift from this in-person community that a lot of social enterprises are used to building and dealing with and then uh, moving to the digital space um, and having to just get more creative. Um, with how they're interacting with their community, how they're still, you know, creating these experiences. Um, That's definitely been a trend that we've seen across the board um, with probably all of our merchants um, or in in our local community, rather. Um, Also, um, this ability to maximize on storytelling. Um, We have this opportunity to kind of get in front of People, now that they're on their computers, their phones a bit more, um, people are, their attention is lingering a little bit longer. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think for social entrepreneurs who are digging into that storytelling, um, they're really seeing um, it make an impact in their community and and with their audience as well. Um, But and also digging into the details is really, really important. I mean, trust and transparency is at the core of being a social impact brand, Um, whether it's transparency of your materials, um, how you work with communities and employees, um, these stories are kind of ready for you to tell. And so, um, and it's also a ticket to cutting through all the kind of BS, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. greenwashing online. Um, So you're holding your customer's attention for a little bit longer, but you're able to kind of go beyond just vague statements like, we're ethical. Um, that, that just isn't enough anymore saying, you know, we're environmentally friendly. Okay. Well, what does, what does that mean? So dig into those details. Cause it's definitely important to your, to your audience. Um, and especially now, um, people are in definitely a more generous mood. I think you're seeing buyers obviously shift towards buying from social impact brands. Um, this idea that buyers want to to feel like they're they're making a difference, especially during this pandemic time, um, and feel empowered with their purchases is definitely a, a big trend that we're seeing in the social impact space. Mm.
0: And as you look to sort of the future of social impact, do you think that there is sort of this new opportunity that as we encourage new startups to come into the fold, that really encouraging them to to sort of align with the sustainable development goal um, or give back in some way, um, that there's a really prime opportunity over the next couple of months to set that foundation?
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and. And even going beyond that, this has been something that's been really top of mind for me over the last mm. couple of months is, you know, we're seeing uh, larger brands shift some of their their revenue to giving back or you're seeing mm. folks launching and getting online with a give back model um, because of the times. But my my ask to all of those brands who are doing that is um, keep doing it. Um and so one of the I guess one of the things I've noticed there's um a number of sustainable fashion brands that I follow um based in New York and there's been a number of them that are giving back to the New York Food Bank and mm. I'm thinking to myself imagine if you guys gave 365 days of the year for as long as your brand is around like imagine the impact you'll have on your community and the food bank like that's tremendous. And so, yeah, it's, I say it's a great opportunity to launch as a social impact business, but I hope that we will, as a collective, look to continue in sustaining those give back models and mm-hmm. in a ways that we can continue to work with our communities.
0: Yeah, this sort of like overall sense of, of um, empathy and giving and really, you know, people coming together to offer support in ways that they may not have pre-COVID, um, it would be such a shame, you know, to sort of go back to business as usual as as things settle down with this pandemic that, you know, we've learned so much and we've connected in such different ways that um, if we can find ways to integrate that into our new normal indefinitely, um, there's so much social good that could come of of that.
1: Yes, 100%. <laughs> Keep- spreading that message.
0: <laughs> yeah, there we go. That'll be our collective message we can share together. Um so when you think of um, you know, women entrepreneurs in, in particular, but really entrepreneurs in general, as they're starting to think about creating a social impact business, um, what would you say to those groups and how can they set themselves up for success in starting onto into that venture?
1: Yeah, totally. Um, first congratulations. I mean, <laughs> it takes it takes a lot of courage to start any enterprise and especially a social enterprise. Um, so good for you and and thank you. Um, but I guess, um, just kind of taking from a bit of my own experience and what I've seen from other merchants, um, my first tip would be find that balance between, between business and impact. Um, because you do need to remember that as a social enterprise, you are still an enterprise. You still need to sell things, you still need to make money in order to um, help the communities that you're working with. Um, And so that took a bit of time for me, I'll say, um, as working in international development before, um, I was all about the impact, I was all about the monitoring and evaluation and um, really digging deep into the community projects that we were running. almost too much to the point where I forgot that I had this business (laughs) where I needed to Mm -hmm. sell things. Um, and you know, my marketing wasn't that great and you know, the website needed a little bit of work. And so, um, it's definitely finding that balance between, you know, you are running a business, um, and then you're also, you know, responsible for a community or a cause that you've committed to. And so it's definitely about, Uh, finding a balance between them and also being able to marry them together. Um, And I've talked about this or a number of brands. We talked about this on the green story uh, panel that we hosted a couple weeks ago um, is that, you know, for you, for social enterprise, you do have these two really rich stories um, that you can tell. You don't just need to tell stories about your products and the benefits that they have to your customers. You also get to tell these amazing stories of the people that you work with or Mm -hmm. um, the causes that you support. And so just be really proud and excited that you have these two opportunities. Um, And then also just remember that, um, your impact story is a part of your brand story. Um, so, really take time to be intentional with who you partner with um, and the cause that you support. So, um, for example, with Copper Root Collective, um, we sell soap, and then 100% of our profits go towards water and sanitation projects in Zambia. So, there's an obvious connection between my product and the cause that I was committed to. Um, and also, when you're looking for, maybe it's a charity partner, um, or maybe it's um, an employment center or something, um, just make sure you're doing your research. Obviously, anyone that is um, working with you, you really want to be proud of who they are and what they, the work that they do, um, and just have them align with your values as well. It's a lot easier to do the legwork up front and really... You know, building a community that thrives together and is all aligned than to have to find new people um, along the way. So definitely take the time and be very intentional. Um, If you already have a brand, sorry, I'm rambling on. Uh, (laughs) No, go ahead. Yes,
0: great. This is gold, Katie.
1: (laughs) If you already have a brand and you are looking to make the shift, It's not necessarily that you're kind of launching from ground zero, but maybe you have an existing brand and you wanna kind of shift your focus. Um, Also think about what resonates with your audience. You already have Mm. um, this amazing group of followers that you can ask. So just ask them, you know, we're looking to, you know, be more sustainable or we're looking to partner with someone in our community. Is, Is there someone that comes to mind? Um, and I'm sure you'll get lots of people, you know, cheering you on and, and giving you ideas. Um, so that w- is definitely important to kind of speak to your customers as well.
0: Um, mm-hmm. And listen, it's sort of going out, but that listening mechanism, I feel like so many people are are afraid sometimes to ask those types of questions because they don't know what answers they're, they're going to get, or they feel that, um, you know, they should have the answers already, but that listening component is so mission critical.
1: Totally. Oh my gosh. It's well, I mean, you're asking focus groups, you're asking your customers what they think of your product. Like why wouldn't you ask them what resonates with them when it comes to a cause? Um, so yeah, uh, I mean, I could go on and on for days about this, but (laughs) (laughs) we could, exactly. We could keep this podcast going forever.
0: So Katie, when you look at, at both nonprofit and for-profit enterprises, do you see um, you know, very dramatic uh, different journeys within the entrepreneurship community that you sh- that you serve at Shopify? What's your sense on starting a social enterprise as either a nonprofit or a for-profit entity?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I've, I've certainly been asked this by a few a few folks and actually some some of my colleagues that are actually interested in in kind of pivoting their businesses as well. Um, for, for myself personally, um, Copperroot Collective, we incorporated as a for-profit business. Um, and the reasons for that was just, um, to allow us the flexibility, uh, to pivot, um, quickly if we needed to, um, and be able to not be so constrained by some of, some of the formalities that, uh, are required for a not-for-profit. Mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, getting into, to certain shows, um, funding and things like that. Uh, those were kind of top of mind, um, that we needed to have an incorporated business to, to get access to that. Um, there are things that we can't do though, as if we're not a not-for-profit, there is, Mm -hmm. you know, a number of funding opportunities for -for not-for-profits as well. Um, so certainly something to consider. I think it's just, um, really understanding what your business goals are um, and what you um, what you want from each of those offerings because mm-hmm. um, they're certainly different. I mean, even if you were to register as a charity, I mean, is getting a tax break w- worth it as a very small enterprise that is maybe recording a loss? Um, perhaps not. Um, and so it's definitely just understanding your core business um, and what you – see yourself needing kind of in two, three, four, five years um, for you to really make that that call. Mm.
0: Yeah, and I think over the future, I think we're going to see this this shift in mindset of for-profit enterprises, um, you know, doing some serious social good um, and really connecting to the sustainable development goals and having all businesses at their core have some connection to doing good and, and um, making some type of social impact. So I would love to see that, um, you know, across large and small um, for-profit entities um, and just this perception around it. It would be interesting to see how that evolves over the coming years as well.
1: Yeah, totally. And if I can comment on that even further, mm. um, my hope, too, is that, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate that it's had to come to like a pandemic kind of creating so such great loss in the not for profit sector. But, you know, we are seeing a lot of them start to adopt social enterprise models mm-hmm. um, and find ways that they can inject um, some more um funding models into their into their not for profit. And so that's been certainly interesting. And so um, but I think it's a good step, a step in the right direction. Um, A lot of not for profits still rely on on donations as their main source of funding. So by diversifying um, and including some of these more social enterprise tactics, I think will will be good for them in the long run.
0: Mm, that's great. And so, Katie, looking at your own career as an entrepreneur and as a social impact entrepreneur, are there any lessons that you wish you had learned early days as you were starting to build your venture? Are there any lessons that uh, our our, use, our listeners could benefit from um, before they potentially go down and make similar types of, of mistakes along the way? So many. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually the answer that
1: we hear. I know. So, yeah. so many. Um, gosh, where do I start? Um, I think I mentioned this before. I was so focused on the impact, um, that, uh, growth, um, this idea of growth and, and focusing on the business, um, it kind of stunted us, I think in the first couple of years, because I was so, uh, focused on what we were doing in the village, um, what it would look like, you know, writing a development plan and all that, um, that it definitely took away from, you know, getting up to speed with business acumen. Um, and so getting more involved with with the business. I mean, people will say it over and over and over again. And I used to want to smash my head against the wall. if One more person said content is king. <laughs> but my gosh, and especially now um, that everyone's consuming content nonstop online because they have all the time in the world to do that. Um, it is so, so important and, um, yeah, past me is like, ugh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, take the time to really, to sit down, uh, and, and create. Um, I know it's really hard for some people. It was certainly hard for me, um. I, you know, was thinking I wasn't a good writer. No one was going to want to read my stuff. um, But it really just took taking a couple nights a week to just start writing things. And the nice thing about, you know, if you write something a bit longer form, you can cut and paste bits and pieces out of it to, you know, fill up your whole um, social content calendar. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you don't need to start from scratch every single time. Um, you know, take some bits and pieces from those longer form posts that you spent all that time writing, Mm -hmm. you know, to make your life easier. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has definitely been a big lesson learned for me. Um, And just, you know, finding a community. Mm -hmm. Um, I what's that old proverb, you know, if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, getting into, I think it's like year three now for Copperroot Collective, like the wins that I've made in the business have been because of the networking that I've done. Mm -hmm. Uh, and especially with other female entrepreneurs, um, and just finding that community, um, and, you know, just being able to ask questions, um, you're not going to have all the answers. Um, that was another thing I had to get over. Like mm-hmm. I didn't have all the answers and I had to ask for help. And even though, you know, I work at Shopify, it doesn't mean that I'm an expert in everything commerce. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was finding that community that I could reach out to lean on, um, because, yeah, and I think that it's made me a better businesswoman, and I think it's made me better for the community that I support now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's. Those are my learnings,
0: <laughs> kind
1: of all thrown out there. <laughs> it's
0: great. And, and it's always messy, you know, at the beginning. And, and it's, I think, just platforms and, and having honest conversations around what what worked well and what didn't that, that really helps the community learn collectively. Um, and that's such a powerful, um, you know, moment of vulnerability that we see many people on the Thrive podcast sharing that that particularly resonates and, and that I'm particularly grateful for, um, that people are willing to, you know, share what potentially went a little sour at the very beginning or, you know. <laughs> Um, seeing what that looked like because it looks potentially like sunshine and rainbows at the very end when you have these beautiful, fruitful businesses. But the point, the the steps to get there, um, can be very challenging. Obviously,
1: totally. And if anyone tells you that they had a perfect launch mm. and everything has gone smoothly, they're a liar. <laughs> exactly. <And laughs> you don't want any advice from them. So no.
0: seek counsel elsewhere. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> that's, that's good.
0: So if we wrap up um, with, with additional resources, uh, so I know we've been talking about the the sort of two hats that you wear with Copper Root Collective and with Shopify, um, are there any specific supports that you'd like to mention for what how Shopify is supporting um, entrepreneurs, social entrepreneurs, or particularly women social entrepreneurs um, during the pandemic? Are there any um, guides or tools that you'd like to point our listeners to today?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I can't speak highly enough about uh, Shopify Compass, I mean, our content team, our Compass team has gone above and beyond to provide so many amazing free resources, um, courses, uh, you name it, uh, all by some of our expert merchants, expert partners. Um, and there are, we're now growing our library of ones that are focused on social entrepreneurs. Um, so definitely go and take a look there. Um, if we're talking specifically about Canadian help during, uh, the pandemic, um, we launched Shopify capital in Canada. So Mm -hmm. merchants in Canada do have access to this really awesome product offering. Um, so it's a way that you can access funding fast, faster, you can avoid onerous applications, um, and you repay the loan, uh, through your sales that you make on your store. Um, so that's been really amazing. And then also we launched our, um, our touchless POS. So now that things are starting to open up in Canada and maybe some of you are taking payments in person, this is definitely something, uh, that's exciting for you to take a look at. Um, and then, I mean, our social impact team is super committed, um, to social entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs, you know, um, all entrepreneurs really, um, but we are um, definitely, uh, building partnerships with organizations who are, are helping women entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs alike to grow and succeed, not just in Canada, but across the world. So that is our, our commitment to, to your listeners, um, that we will continue to, to grow those partnerships and, and grow um, the resources and education that we have for this merchant type.
0: Incredible, Katie. So, final final piece of advice that you'd like to provide to to our listeners today, if there was one thing that you could crystallize, even in a sentence or two, what would that be?
1: In a sentence or two. Oh
0: my (laughs) God! Tweetable moment.
1: short here. (laughs) Much more to say. I'm kidding. Um, uh, An actual item. Okay, it goes out to those who already have um, a social enterprise. Um, Take stock of your company. Um, do your products resonate with your mission? Are you working with ethical suppliers? Um, maybe use a lot of water in your production. Just take a look at every stage of your business and pick one and commit to improving it over the year. And so I know that that part will take time, the improving it. That's not something you can do right after you log off this podcast, but after you're done listening, just take stock of everything that touches your business and ask yourself where can we be better um and as a social impact business um do these areas make me proud um and so once you've answered those and you can start tackling it and um getting better uh, and more sustainable over the long term
0: I love that. And that is helpful for those that have been affected by COVID-19 or not as well. I think, um, you know, we should all be reflecting and and looking at our businesses with a fine tooth comb at the moment, um, especially for those that are struggling at at this time with less resources, um, you know, taking that that moment to reassess um, and and really um, figure out what it is you want to do with your business. What what types of good are you doing and who are the people who are coming along that journey with you? It's a great opportunity to take stock of all of those various parts of your business.
1: Totally. That's exactly it. That was so that was way better said.
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> So good. Okay. well thank you so much for joining us on the Thrive podcast today, Katie.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Kayla.
0: Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. Visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast hosted by Rick Spence and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to thrive.